Home. What makes a home a home? Is it the people? The photos on the wall? Or the sense of relief when you walk through the door? Welcome to We Are Here. The We Are Here series was originally released in 2018 and published on the Women of Cincy website. We shared these stories exploring housing insecurity in our city through the eyes of folks who live it every day. These stories are every bit as relevant today as they were in 2018, and it's our hope that re-releasing this series will encourage each of you to explore this topic further and advocate for change. Together, we can move our city forward one story at a time. We are here, Tracy Brumfield on Rising Up. We are here. It's a phrase that's been echoed by single moms and in city chambers and around encampments, and we just couldn't get it out of our heads. These are the stories of those experiencing and fighting housing insecurity here in Cincinnati. We believe telling stories changes things. We believe listening changes things. We promised the community that we would tell their stories. It is up to you to listen. Visit womenofcincy.org housing for the full series. Interview by Terry Heist. Photography by Stacey Wegley. Read by Chelsea Walter. Note that this article contains some strong language and mature content. Never underestimate the power of the universe to teach you a fucking lesson when you think you have your life on lockdown. Do you ever drive past those experiencing housing insecurity, standing on the corner with a homeless please help sign and wonder how that person got there? Maybe it's a scam and their pockets are full of money. Or do you think you already have all the answers? Bad choices, lazy people, stupid behavior. You're not like them, of course. You have a good family. You would never do drugs, at least not the addicting kind. You're smarter than that. And you're great at your job. You're successful. You're stable. Not stupid. Not lazy. Neither was Tracy. But there she was one cold December night in 2014, just down the road from Oakley, where she had lived for years in the sweetest apartment ever. You know that corner near Crossroads Church? She chose that spot because she felt safe. It was familiar. So, with a sign in her hand, she stepped out onto the curb and into an experience she had never imagined. And she cried. Tracy Brumfield is kind of famous. Some people would even say she's a picture of success. One out of the dozens of applicants, she was one of only two chosen in 2017 to be a People's Liberty Hail Fellow. Her idea was so powerful and she was so committed to it that she was awarded $100,000 and given one year to make it happen. Yeah, $100,000 to create and produce, rise, re-enter into society empowered, a newspaper that would be full of connections, resources, and how-tos to help people coming out of jail have a better chance at staying out of jail or off heroin or off the streets. You see, there isn't some kind of kiosk or help desk at the Hamilton County Jail with a volunteer saying, how may we help you? Looking for legal help? Right this way. Or how about an affordable room close to your job that's just calling your name? Here's the number. Tell them I sent you. Need a referral to an affordable doctor or maybe a support group to help you overcome an addiction that thousands are succumbing to every day? I know just the place. And here's a few bucks to get you in the door while you're waiting for the job to come through. Nope, it doesn't work like that. And it didn't for Tracy. 
Coming out of jail after six months with a felony for heroin possession and then some, she was clean. And for someone like Tracy, from a good family, good education, good jobs, surely this was the wake-up call and the opportunity to turn it all around. And it was, but it wasn't enough because opiates and heroin can take down the best of us. If you've never been an addict, you can't imagine it. The addiction was quiet for the moment, but she had no doubt it was still there. And when you're in jail for six months, you lose your job and you lose your apartment, your beautiful, affordable apartment on Oakley Square, gone. Walking out of prison with a felony, no job, and without home that you've known for years is a deep pit. She had two pieces of fortune, faith, the love of her life was there for her, and a sister who was willing to give her a place to stay. Most of her family had retreated at the first sign of her addiction. Others tried harder, but even they eventually put some distance between themselves and Tracy. She had believed in her before, but her words didn't mean anything anymore. Tracy knew this, and she didn't even ask. These were problems of her making. Tracy had started on opioids at age 23, senior year of college. It was a simple prescription to manage her migraines. With opiates, the longer you take them, the more you need them. And life started getting harder, maybe a little lonelier. She doesn't remember the first time she took a pill, not for the migraine, but for something else. But slowly and without much notice to Tracy or anyone else, it became normal. Normal to take more than she needed for the pain. Opioids were everywhere then, just what the doctor ordered. But the doctors didn't know the truth then, either. Or maybe they did. Either way, it was easy to get. So she did. It made her feel like she thought everyone else felt. Normal, comfortable in her own skin. She was addicted, full-blown. But somehow, back then, Tracy remained functional. Even with a daily addiction, she maintained her job, her friends, her lifestyle, her family. Some were catching on, though. Her partner, her family. Her doctor never did. And it took a call from her partner to get the prescription writing to stop. Eventually, the pills became harder to get. The disease, that is what Tracy knows it to be, kept knocking. And now her life did start to fall apart. Now she couldn't keep a job for long. She tried treatment for the opioids and learned about heroin. Pills were expensive, and Tracy learned that for way less money, snorting heroin could get you just as high. And then she learned that shooting up was even cheaper and much quicker. Whoever thinks that they could stick a needle in their arm? Tracy didn't either, but by then it was a simple cost-benefit calculation. Her addiction became a mindfuck. She was shooting up in her car when the cops came by. And the court system she went. She had two pieces of fortune, Faith, the love of her life, who was there for her, and a sister who was willing to give her a place to stay. She wanted with everything she had to stay clean, she was smart, college-educated, the one in high school who was the responsible one, the one who drove the drunk kids around because she was sober. She had years of pay- good-paying jobs that she loved, and she had that apartment, that sweet apartment that was always there for her. But addiction was causing her to lose all of that. She relapsed into an active addiction that soon had her kicked out of her one-room apartment that she was sharing with her sister. The next step was moving with Faith, living with Faith's grandma, But with their addictions, they soon had to leave there too. Addicted, jobless, and homeless. She had her car and she had faith. Well, she also had herself. She hadn't lost that. 
She was strong enough to get over her pride, to do what she could to take care of Faith. Every time she stood on that corner, she cried. And as she tells it, standing on that corner never, ever got easier. She never got used to it. She stood in her humiliation every single day. But panhandling also brought her face to face with humanity, its presence and its absence, and the faces of people who drove by without a glance, and the eyes of the woman who gave her a sweater, some snacks handed out of a window, and she wondered about this. Why do some people have humanity and others don't? Surely everyone sees that they are just a few steps away from this. Lose your job, lose your home, take a pill for a medical condition and become ensnared in addiction. Humanity, we're all the same. Doesn't everyone believe that for the grace of God, go I? Tracy learned that no, not everyone believes in a universal, common humanity. Some don't think that we're all the same. A lucky break here, bad decision there, life's a slippery slope. It's the baby slide for some, but for others, it's a 10-story twisted slide from hell. Still, some believe that you get what you deserve. Two, three months of panhandling, living in their car, and with luck, a shelter stay every now and then. 50 bucks was a good day, and it was supposed to pay for food, gas, everything. The car was their savior. It kept them off the streets. It gave them a little bit of hope and maybe the space for a little luck. Tracy went to visit a friend where she had once worked. With a car, she could do that. The friend had stayed open to Tracy, even letting her and Faith do laundry and shower there every now and then. Tracy, in turn, had stayed open to her friend, sharing her homelessness and her struggles with addiction, something that Tracy didn't do with anyone. And then Tracy took another chance and talked to her old boss. She didn't ask, but he offered her a job. He knew what addiction was like. He had family members who had gone through it. Plus, Tracy had always been a great employee. The job didn't pay much, and it wasn't the job she loved before, but it was enough to make the panhandling stop. She believes it was a mix of humanity with the people who could see themselves in her struggles and luck with having a boss in a position to simply hire her. No drug test or application needed. That was important because Tracy and Faith were addicted again. But she never missed a day of work. They slept in the car on the company lot, cleaned up in the morning before anyone got there, and Tracy did her job. They tried to save a little money because the next step was finding a place to live. Somewhere that would rent to two people with felonies and evictions and a minimum wage job. Luck snuck in again, or maybe it was God, Tracy doesn't discount that, and another bit of humanity. A new guy at a property management company promised them a unit. Felonies and evictions didn't matter, he said. Tracy and Faith had a hard time believing this, but with an advance from her boss, they went to sign papers and deliver the deposit the next day. They were right about the good news being hard to believe. The new guy was wrong, and the landlord told them so. But he had this other place, newly renovated, and he was willing to give them a shot. But be late one time, and they were out of there. And they moved in. After five cold, miserable months, they had a home. They committed to being clean, and they did it. Four years this coming December. Humanity, luck, and transformation. I finally realized there was a lesson in all of it and that holding on to the pain was not going to help anyone else, but sharing the lesson would. Congratulations to Tracy and Faith. Thank you for sharing your story. A few words straight from Tracy. Was being transparent about your situation critical to recovery? Yeah, it's a huge one for me. 
The abatement of this epidemic will begin when people can come out from under the veil of anonymity and share their story. To come out and talk about it beyond the walls of NA or AA and to share it with those who would benefit the most. The more we can humanize it and our journeys of recovery, the more that society can begin to really see it. We typically hear how someone has overdosed and died. We don't hear a whole lot about those who have made it out and on the other side. But there are tons of stories out there, and I'm not unique by any means. It's just the willingness to put yourself out there. It's my personal choice, and I hope more do it. What is your advice for families of people struggling with addiction or homelessness? This is what I implore for families who have someone who has this disease, regardless of whether this person is homeless or not. Have boundaries with this person, whatever they may be, whether it's that you don't give them money, they can't be in your house alone or whatever, but never cut them off emotionally. Take the phone call, go to the doctor's appointments with them. The response to addiction is so different than with other diseases because the stigma is that it is a choice. It's my choice to fuck up. It's unfortunately stigmatized as someone who's just a piece of shit. We're called junkies. Junk is trash. You're trash on the street. You're a drain on our resources. Just fucking die. That is what people think. Who is an influential woman in your life? Right now, the most influential woman in my life is Chris Botnick with the Hale Foundation. She was my mentor for the People's Liberty Fellowship. She's just got this level of humanity and deep empathy and caring for our community. This woman has been such an inspiration to me because she could be removed from all of this. She could just write a check and do a lot of good, but she's just so entrenched in the community. It inspires me. Without her support, I don't know that this evolution of our organization would be happening. Joy Pearson is another influential woman in my life. She works for the Hamilton County Planning and Development and volunteers in the community. I was volunteering at the Hamilton County Jail running peer support. After doing that for a year, it occurred to me that I was working with only 16 women getting reentry help. But there are 1,400 fucking people in this jail. What do they get? What if we do a newspaper for them that had everything in it? All the resources, who to talk to, where to get help, where to go. And Joy said, I think you should do it. I think you should apply for the People's Liberty Grant. In fact, Joy, who was supposed to just be reviewing it for me, fucking hit submit. She said, let go, let God. Girl, it's done. Tracy continues to help take the luck out of recovery and reentry with the newspaper Rise, Reenter in Society Empowered. Rise is a newspaper that provides valuable resource information to currently incarcerated citizens to help them plan for reentry into our community. Rise is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. If you would like to donate to the cause, volunteer, or get more information, you can email Tracy at hello at riseupnews.org. Thank you for listening to We Are Here, Housing Insecurity in Cincinnati. To explore this series further, keep listening to additional audio episodes, or head on over to womenofcincy.org forward slash housing.